All right, so episode two. Totally just remembered that um that I I said at the be- at the end of episode one that at the end of every episode I would tell what the next episode was gonna be about, and I did not do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I will from here on out. Um, so this episode is gonna be about the time that I got or the time that I was involved in that fight um at the prison that I was working at um so I used to be a corrections officer um <clears throat> for the state of Ohio and um I worked at Lebanon Correctional and I was there for about 5 months um in this video I will explain I guess um why I had to quit but mainly this video is going to be about the fight that I was involved in so okay um actually I'm not going to explain why I quit I'll do that in the next one um because that's also going to be about (coughs) like you know um like the day-to-days of being an officer at least for the state of Ohio at Lebanon Correctional, as far as that goes. This isn't it wouldn't be a, a general overview because obviously every prison is different. But anyway, <laughs> off topic a little bit. So this particular day of um, my shift, I was assigned to a, um, a block that I had never been in before. Um. <clears throat> You know what? I really should start with the explanation of like working in the prison and all that and then tell the story about the fight because it doesn't make sense to to do it backwards. So we're going to start with that and I'll tell the fight story in the next episode. So um, I got hired by the state of Ohio back in like November 2018. Um, I just had my daughter like three months prior, so I had basically just, I was hot off of my maternity leave (coughs) when I got hired at the state of Ohio and, um, I was really excited because I had, I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and at the time, which I still am today, at the time I was in grad school for criminal justice as well. And I'm actually going to be finishing in December of this year. So it's pretty exciting. But um, at the time I was doing that, I just restarted my grad school studies. And so I was excited to be like in a, in a career that was within the field that I went to school for. So um, <clears throat> we spent like two weeks, first couple of weeks um, showing up to the prison I worked at Lebanon Correctional, by the way. We spent the first couple weeks before the academy just showing up to the prison in our regular clothes. We had to dress like, you know, the business casual. And there were some things that we couldn't wear uh, as women because, you know, Lebanon Correctional is an all-male facility. So there were some things that the women couldn't, that we women could not wear. It was things that I didn't, didn't even have anyway. Like we couldn't wear things that were super tight. 
I think that was the main thing. So, um, <clears throat> the first couple of weeks we just showed up in our, um, little, uh, in our civilian clothes and, uh, we were just learning what to expect from the academy, um, how life goes in the prison for the inmates and for the staff and all that. And then after we spent those first like introductory weeks at, at our home prisons, we were, um, then we went through, I, I want to say it was six weeks of, of, of academy work. Um, like it was five to six weeks. I cannot remember. I honestly can't remember the timeline. <laughs> um, cause it was like two years ago, but, um, uh, the academy was in Columbus. It was right next to CRC, which is the Correction Reception Reception Re- Center, <coughs> which is where all the inmates go before they're like shipped off to the actual prisons that they're going to be serving their time at. And so it was basically the academy is right by, right is behind C- CRC, and right next to Pickaway, um, Correctional. So. The academy is right between two prisons <laughs> where we slept at and everything. So like, um, I, and I only just thought about that just now, like the fact that we, and then also inmates, you know, they clean the rooms at the academy. So like we, we, we are like fully in the thick of that <clears throat> early on. But anyway, um, the academy, like when we first got there, um, the first couple of weeks is all classroom stuff. So from like 8 to 4.30 every day, Monday through Friday, um, we were in the classroom just learning about like, um, you know, procedures, um, how to conduct ourselves and all that, CPR, all this, this and that. And, um, you know, and <clears throat> we saw a couple people drop off during the academy before we even got into the like the physical stuff like just during the classroom periods we saw like three people drop out there was this one guy I don't like there's this one guy I don't think I'll ever forget it like the academy started on a Monday obviously and, and like they made it very clear to us that we had to be there on time every single day because they paid attention to that so my ass was in in my um, in that room at 7.45 every morning, Monday through Friday, I was, that, that's what time I showed up because we had to, sh- I think we had to sign in. So it's like, <clears throat> it was re- they, they really were like anal about people being on time. So the first day of class hits, you know, everybody is there with their name tags. And then we notice that there's like maybe a couple people that weren't um that weren't there so like I guess maybe they changed their mind or whatever um and then the next day the second day there was this guy that showed up to class that wasn't there the day before so you know I I feel like I wasn't the only person that noticed that though there was like 80 people in our class that's pretty it was pretty obvious to, to, to point him out because he was the only person in class, the only guy in class that had really long hair. So like people did not recognize him. Obviously he wasn't there the first day. He showed up the second day, right? Then the third day 
he gets asked to leave because it turns out he never told anybody that he wasn't going to be there the first day. And not only did he not show up on the first day, that second day that he showed up, he showed up an hour late. So they were like, nah, you got to go. So we actively saw somebody get kicked out of the academy on the second day. Or no, I'm sorry, that was the third day. So, um, and then we saw a couple other people, they get, they got, they dropped out for other reasons. But, so there was like a couple of weeks of just classroom stuff. And then we moved into two weeks. I'm sorry, one week. It was one week of like learning like defensive tactics in the gym. Then there was one week where we had to um be on the range. We had to qualify with a Glock. I'm trying to remember this like the exact specifications. I want to say it was a Glock 15 and a shotgun. Um there were some prisons that had to qualify with a pistol instead of a Glock, but uh, most of us had to shoot a Glock. Um and everybody had to shoot a shotgun. Um, I was a little nervous shooting a gun. I had never shot, like, I had never actually shot a gun before. <clears throat> I do have a story about the, the the very, very first time I shot a gun. Um, but I had never actually, like, you know, shot a gun at a target. Because this is obviously, we had to shoot a gun at a target. And um, we only had, like, one lesson. Like, they taught us how to shoot it. And then we were, we were, we were testing like within the next hour after we first picked up the gun and, and, and shot. Now, granted, we actually did what we did have a lot of practice with though, is loading the gun, like loading it, no learning how to put the safety on, learning how to hold it and all that. We spent like a couple days before we went out on the range, <clears throat> we spent a couple days learning how to like learning gun safety, like I said, learning how to hold it, how to load it, how to put the safety on, how to hold it, how to walk with it. Like we learned all that over the course of two days before we even stepped foot on the range. Um, and so um, we had, and then we had to pass that portion. Like we had to pass the portion inside the gym where we were doing everything, like mocking how to hold it, how to yell commands like we had to pass that part to even be able to go out on the range and shoot the actual gun like they took every safety precaution necessary to make sure that we knew what we were doing before we even stepped foot on the range um and so we did a week of that and I qualified the first the first time I tested I passed all of my um range tests so I qualified to shoot with the shotgun and the Glock and then um And then another thing we did was um, the, oh man, what was it? The pepper spray, <coughs> which was damn near debilitating. This isn't like how the law enforcement people do it, like the cops, where they spray it directly in your face, which I I feel like maybe that's worse than what we had to deal with. <laughs> Like, cause we didn't, I, I want to say that that is, that is worse. Um, but they're, they, they wanted us to experience what we would most likely experience in working in a prison. So in working in a prison, the odds of you getting sprayed directly in the face with 
with pepper spray are very slim. The odds of you running into an area with air that is laced with pepper spray are very high. So that is the situation that they mimicked for us that we had to go through. So they basically had all of us lined up. This was also during the week where we were wearing our uniforms. So like the last week of the academy <coughs> was when we learned how to shoot, um, when we did the pepper spray stuff, and when we did the scenarios where we acted out like um, where, where the academy instructors acted like they were inmates and we were the officers and we had to like tell them what to do and all that. And that's also the week that we pat down actual inmates. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So um, we, we shot that week um and also that week that we wore the uniforms that was co week that was like the last week before we graduated um so we 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 shot like we qualify with the guns then we had to do the pepper spray so the pepper spray <laughs> like i said they wanted the situation to be mimicked when you're a co i'm just repeating myself just so it's clear when you're a CO, the chances of you getting sprayed in the face with pepper spray are low. And the chances of you running into a situation in a block where pepper spray has has been activated and it's in the air and you run straight into it, the chances of that happening are very high. So they wanted to mimic that situation and have us all go through it. So they filled a room or they filled a shed <clears throat> with pepper spray. <laughs> and and I think all of us, I, I want to say three at a time, each of us had to, had to go inside of the shed for about, I want to say, two minutes. And while we were inside that shed, we had to say our names, say our institutions, like where, we, where we're working at. We had to punch a punching bag. We had to try and shout commands as if we were talking to an inmate um you know like telling them to get down and all this and that and then um and then we had to you know get out of the shed and so when I went in there but I remember before they told like before they told us uh I mean before we went down there like when we were in the classroom they legit told us they said do not like just giving us tips. They were like, do not breathe. Like, do not take deep breaths while you're in there. Try and hold your breath as much as you can. Because the minute you take a breath, you're gonna get all of that pepper spray like in your in your like nasal passages and shit. And it's just uh but you wanna know what my dumbass did as soon as I stepped foot in that shed, I took the biggest breath. Ever. I inhaled the biggest the biggest gulp of, of contaminated air and I was like was paralyzed <laughs> like my lungs were on fire and that was just the very first few seconds of us being in the shed I had to say my name I, I, I couldn't even hear myself talk I don't think that anything came out of my mouth like I was I was like my voice was choked I could not hear myself and then we had to like <clears throat> try and shout those commands. Then we had to punch the bag three times and then leave. 
when I got out of the shed back into the regular air, my eyes were watering, my nose was running, um, my, my, my lungs were still on fire, like, I was, like, struggling to breathe, um, but, like, we all made it through, some people went through there three, three, four times, I'm like, what the fuck, I couldn't put myself through that another time, but, yeah, we all made it through together, like I said, there was 80 of us in that class, so 80 of us were down there at that shed that day, and we were just, we just all, after we all did our bout of suffering, we all got in line and like we're cheering the other people on that still had to go through. So it was all a very supportive <laughs> environment that day. And so after the pepper spray stuff, we got to um, pat down actual inmates. Half of us got sent to pick away. Like I said, the, the academy is in between Pickaway and CRC. Half of us got sent to Pickaway, and then the other half of us got sent to CRC. I was in the group that got sent to CRC. Um, CRC is considered like lower level, like risk wise, as um compare in comparison to Pickaway, um, because <clears throat> it houses like low level offenders and high level ones. I think, um, basically they have dorm style type, type setups and the cell style. So, um, when we went to CRC, we went to, um, we were partnered up and then each partner group, like each little group of like me and it was me and this girl, I can't remember what her name was, but like we had to go up to the cell. We had to tell the inmates to step out, um, we shook them down for like we patted them down and then um we had to tell them to like go down somewhere and like sit like sit in the day room or something like that while we checked their room because when you pat them down I guess they also wanted us they wanted us also to learn how to um shake down a cell so um while the inmates were sitting in the day room we had to go into their cell and just look around and search. Um, <clears throat> and they they never told us not to mess, like not to fuck shit up in, our, in their cell. But it's against my nature to fuck with people. Like just because I have like some sort of power. Like I was, I want to say that right now. Like I was never on that when I was a CO. Um, it was common for us to have to search cells during our shifts. I never once um, fucked an inmate cell up. Like every time I moved something, I made sure I put it back. Like I, I left the cell exactly the way that I found it. I was not in there trying to mess anything up that they had. I was in there trying to search for things that they weren't supposed to have. But if they were all good, their cell was exactly the way they left it. If they weren't good, what was missing was something that they weren't supposed to have. So that's how I was as an officer. I never went in there on one um, for on any of the inmates. Um, I treated them like human beings, honestly. Um, but yeah, anyway, kind of off topic. Um, after we did the whole cell search pat down day then the very last day before graduation was we had to do such we had to do like um you know scenarios where the instructors acted like <coughs> where the instructors acted like inmates 
and we had to approach them as if we were the officers on duty and you know just like handle the situation and it was funny because a lot of the stuff that they actually did I actually saw with my own eyes but once I became an officer on duty um it was just funny how they prepare you like realistically for the stuff that you're probably going to see so um then that like I said that was the last day and then um like the next week we graduated and um it was a whole big thing like we took the oath um my family actually drove up from Middletown to Circleville which is where the academy is <coughs> sorry it's not Circleville it's like Orient or something like that Orient Ohio in the middle of nowhere honestly um but yeah I have another episode talking more about my uh experience at the academy because that's not even it that's not all of it, but I don't, I don't want this episode to be super long because this episode is really supposed to be about my um, um, my time as a CO. So after I made it through the academy, we go back to our home institutions and we had two weeks of training in OJT, which is on the job training. I will admit that I went through that entire two weeks of OJT not knowing what OJT meant (laughs) so whenever they said ojt i secretly was confused but i still just went along with it didn't learn what ojt was until i was two months out of ojt and i was actually training not training i'm sorry i was actually working with someone who had just got out of ojt and i'm like and i just asked him like do you know what ojt means (laughs) and they're like on the job training and i'm like wow i'm dumb as fuck but anyway two weeks of OJT, we were actually, this was the first time that we were actually in the blocks as like officers. Um, We had gotten a tour before in our like civilian clothes. So (coughs) the inmates had seen us before, but this time we were going to be spending eight whole hours with them. During OJT, we were very like heavily supervised by the OJT um like the coaches there were basically two senior officers are in charge of like the OJT people and there are people that we can trust and ask for help if we were confused about anything or if we needed help with anything like they were very supportive well one of them was one of them was very supportive um the other one not so much but um which I'll talk also about like just the whole prison environment and like how officers operate as far as where I was, the the prison that I was at. But anyway, OJT for two weeks. Then um, then after OJT, you're, you know, a full-fledged officer and you're on duty and you're not as closely watched anymore. Like you're like on your own sort of. So after OJT, um, you are assigned to blocks every day with your partner um because like during ojt um you are assigned to blocks but you're a third here's that's the difference when you're an ojt you're basically sort of like a shadow because there's two blocks i mean i'm sorry there's two officers to every block when you're ojt you're that third officer that's sort of like a shadow to one of the other officers so while I was in OJT, 
I was always shadowing some one 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 of the two officers that were actually assigned to that block. After I was out of OJT, I became one of the two officers that was assigned to a block. So when you're out of OJT and you're a real officer, you um <coughs> this is how a day would go for an for an officer out of OJT that's like a real officer at that point. We would show up go through the metal detectors um we had to um by the time we got out of training they had actually in started a rule that said that you had to dump out your lunch out of your bag so that it could be searched <laughs> um so we had to like dump our food out like the whole going through through the metal detector thing honestly took about uh, almost five minutes sometimes and so after the you went through the metal detector, you went downstairs to the roll call roll call room. You had to check in and let them know that you were there. Um, and then you just you know got your gear ready. Like we had these duty belts that had these PRs, which are sort of like I guess if you, if I could compare it to something, if you know what a billy club is, it's sort of like that, like a stick. It's really heavy it's it feels hollow but it's heavy as hell and if you hit somebody with it it's debilitating as fuck so we had those um and this was all hanging off our, hanging off of our belt we had the duty belt that had the pr um hanging off of it um we'd have a set of keys and then we'd have our um man down which is like the alarm that we would press when we were in distress or like we were in trouble um and then we also had our pepper spray and then we also had anything else that we needed like gloves or anything like that on that belt <coughs> so like after we got down to the roll call room and we checked in we would put on our belts like just get ready and then roll call would start which is basically um, the lieutenant or sergeant, they would just give us an update of what happened on the shift before us. I was on second shift, which means that I was there from like two to 10 every day. So when we came in, we always got an update about what happened on the first shift. Um, so we would hear about fights. We would hear about like, um, things that went down in each block, um, and all that, um, so and then after we got like updates from first shift then we would be assigned to our blocks um <clears throat> and we like i said before it was always two people to a block so i you always had a partner um and so when you're um a training when you're out of training on your own when you hear your name called you just go upstairs go through the gates because there's like two sets of gates you have to go through um to get to the hallway where the blocks are where the inmates are housed so um i will like no <laughs> i didn't look this is kind of <laughs> it's a lot but you know i hope that you're still with me here because it's a lot just to get back to where the inmates are. Like at this point, you get you you have your block assignment, right? You have your duty belt on. You've been through the metal detector. <laughs> and so then you go back upstairs. 
you get the stuff that you brought with you through the metal detector. Then you go through a gate. You get the keys that you need to operate. Or no, I'm sorry. You don't get the keys. I'm sorry. This whole chit thing. So chits <clears throat> are like these little metal... Um, I want to, I'll, I'll compare them to coins, these little metal coins that have your, your first initial and last name on them, right? So, um, the chits are important because they're what help the prison keep track of, you know, things like they keep track of the keys, most importantly, because with every block, there are two sets of keys, for each like there's you know because there's two officers in each block so there are two sets of keys for each block one officer gets one set of keys so here's an example say i showed up there's a first shift officer we'll say his name his name is officer shell first shift <clears throat> he is in he is in a atom which is a block um, he was an A Adam. I, Officer McNeil, get assigned to A Adam. So I am I am assigned to replace Officer Shell because I'm second shift. So I go through the gate. I give the gate officer two of my chits, two of my little coins with my name on them. I, I pass him two of my chits. He he takes Officer Shell's chits off of the A Adam spot on the wall, puts my chits up there and gives me Officer Shell's chits. He gives me Officer Shell's like the two little coins. And so I take those, I report to A Adam at that point. I give Officer Shell his two chits. And Officer Shell gives me a set of keys and a radio in exchange for those two chits. Then Officer Shell he goes home. And then now I'm on shift. I'm the officer on duty. And then my partner, he does the same thing. So now we're we're basically we're the ones on duty now. Our shits <clears throat> our shits are the ones hanging up on the wall in the gate office. So when third shift comes to replace us, they give us the officers on third shift, they give us our shits back. <clears throat> but see, third shift is different. Cause there's only one officer per block for third shift because the inmates are um housed for third shift they are not out at all so there's only one officer um per block so that's a bit different the whole shit exchange um from second to third i'm not going to explain that but that's what shits are for they're 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 used to keep track of stuff in the prison so um after the whole shit exchange you know basically the shift ex exchange we're on duty um there's like a lot of things that we have to do like when you're first on duty and this depends on which officer because there's two officers so one is first range which is that means that they stay on the first floor and they're just in charge of the day room activities and they're in charge of like um keeping track of like the um the rounds like just keeping track of like because <clears throat> we have to document like um meal time like we basically have to document these the inmates day like we document when they go to chow when they go to rec 
when they do this, when they do that. And the computer, the first range officer, that's their job. They control like everything pretty much in the block. The second range officer is just an officer that walks around the second and third floors and they just keep things good up there. You know, I was almost always the second range officer. So I was like, I had very close dealings with the inmates <coughs> because I had to stay up on the second or third floor. Um, wasn't allowed to come downstairs unless um, the inmates were, you know, um, locked down. Um, and so, yeah, that was basically like our whole shift was just, you know, we were just letting inmates in and out of their cells, um, you know, controlling the flow of traffic in the hallways. Sometimes I was out in the hallways. I wasn't always in a block. Sometimes I was um, assigned to be out in the hallway. So when you're out in the hallway, you're basically just, you know, um, <coughs> you're just, you know, you're like a backup officer <laughs> when you're out in the hallways. And um, and then when the when the inmates are coming th up and down the hallways to go to and from the lunch the the you know the cafeteria area, you have to like maintain the flow of traffic, make sure nobody's like doing anything shady. Um, and I mean that's just about it. Um, I was in the infirmary one time. Um, I was an officer in the infirmary. Um, I was also, actually my very first day on shift, I was actually on constant watch, which means I was in the, um, what is it? Um, I was in that R block, which is basically solitary confinement. I was on constant watch, which means that I was watching, um, I actually had two inmates that I had to keep track of that were, um, put on suicide watch. So I basically had to sit there my entire shift and document what each of these guys did every 12 minutes or so. I think it was seven. I can't remember the time limit, but it had to be like staggered intervals where I had to write down what they were doing. There was literally one of the guys, he literally was asleep my entire shift. And so I had to keep writing, sleeping, 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 like on the paper. Like, that was my whole shift, was me watching them. I could not take my eyes off of them. If I had to use the bathroom, I had to get one of the other officers in that area to cover me. Because our, 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 one somebody's eyes had to be on these guys at all time. At all times. That was, that was what constituted a constant watch. And that was my first day on shift. <coughs> Another thing that we sometimes had to do <coughs> was we had to walk around the outside of the prison to make sure all the gates were locked um and that was one of the most like damn I can't tell you how irritating that experience was because like as a woman you know you get like cat called and stuff in the prison and when I was whenever I was on duty to do that whole walk around the prison on the outside, checking the lo checking the gates with another officer. I was always paired with a male officer, so it was really embarrassing to be shouted at while I was doing this because I was shouted at a lot while I was outside. <clears throat> like just suggestive stuff, rude stuff, like just um 
I of course I didn't let it bother me, but it was like I said, it was embarrassing because I was always paired with a with a male officer, and one of the guys he's like, why do you let <laughs> he's like, why do you let them like say that nasty stuff to you? And I'm like, <laughs> what's the point in me responding? Like it's not gonna do anything. Like me shooting shoot, shooting shit back at them is not gonna do anything. <laughs> so I just ignore it. Um. Because, like, they'd be shouting out things that they want to do to me and all this other shit. And it's just like, nah, I'm just, there's no point in, in shouting anything back. Um, a lot of the, actually, quite, a, but despite hearing the suggestive sexual stuff that was shouted at me, some inmates thought that I was um, a lesbian. And just just basing it off my appearance, because I wore a beanie all the time when I was working. I had short hair as well which is not something that you can base somebody's sexuality off of but that's exactly what they did they judged the fuck out of me and thought that I was a lesbian and I didn't ever say that I wasn't like first of all my sexuality is none of your none of their business but the fact you know um if they think that I'm a lesbian they won't they won't mess with me <laughs> like they won't uh try to come for me you know what I'm saying so I just let them think that. I, I just never talked about it. I never admitted to anything, you know. So I just let it be. <laughs> like, you could think what you want. Just leave me alone. Um, <coughs> anyway, did that. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I ever did. Because other than that, like, that's what a, just what a typical day is. Um, you, you just control the, the movement of inmates. There were a couple times that I was stationed or not station, I'm sorry, assigned to the chow hall. I absolutely hated being assigned to the chow hall because our whole job being assigned to the chow hall is yelling at the top of your lungs, um, you know, telling them to get out because these guys only had like, what, 10, 10 minutes to eat. So when it and, and and no more than two blocks could be in the chow hall at any time, so it was a strict schedule. So they had to get the fuck out like when we told them to because there was another block that was waiting to come in to eat. So I hated being in the chow hall because <clears throat> though I do have a loud mouth, I hated shouting in front of people, especially when you're new because they definitely don't respect you when you're new. Um, so yeah, but like that was like a typical sort of day, um, as an officer, I don't know, I hope you guys understood what I said, like I know I was speaking English, but I also know that I was like backtracking a couple times, um, but yeah, the next, the next, uh, hopefully I explained shit well enough to move on to the next episode where I talk about the fight that I was involved in um <coughs> I think that I explained everything well enough but we'll see 